So you didn't put the song I told you to put in the episode in. You did not put that Paul Simon song in. <laughs> I want you to put it in now. Uh, maybe. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, someone else is a fellow, we have a fellow fan of Devil Hunter Yoko as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, they were... They were uh, happy to uh, hear that reference, so uh, I'm glad. I'm glad there's more of us out there. Just uh, Yoko heads. <laughs> We're like knuckleheads. Uh, also, a listener uh, wanted to know if I got better from COVID. Now, this was a message I found on Instagram, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but you sent me a Facebook message to Instagram, which I guess never like picked up. So. Uh, Yes, eventually I got better. If you continued to listen and weren't like <laughs> spurned, I didn't mean to ignore you for eight months. So uh, it's a little bit of business, a little bit of bookkeeping out of the way. Uh, you know, thank you for listening. I haven't had COVID, as far as I know, in about nine months now. I mean, uh, it feels so good. Listen to me breathe. Oh, boy. Uh, well, it's another lively week of the Raincoat Report. Uh, and I, boss, am here with Mr. Good Breathing Jeremy over here. Call me Donnie Fat Lungs. <laughs> That's why my doctor called me. She had the wrong chart. <laughs> Lady doctors, right? Oh boy! Um, no, she's great. Except when she gets the chart wrong. <laughs> do you want me to do some more breathing? Oh God! To distract no. from my uh, sexist gaff. <laughs> <laughs> so we are this week uh, going back to one of our favorite directors. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a while. We haven't, but this week we're seeing him again uh, with this week's film. Her name was Lisa, that director being Roger Watkins, the director of Corruption. Yeah. Also, uh, Last House on Dead End Street. We haven't talked about. No. uh, It's a great movie. Yeah, it's uh, not erotic or sexual. Well, I guess it depends on what kind of person you are. Yeah, it it certainly does. (laughs) Yeah. You could say that about most things. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that that topic probably came up in our uh, Patreon episode about kink.com. I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) We haven't recorded it yet. Yeah, but... But uh, you won't know that. You'll have already heard it. You'll... Maybe. Well, if you're a patron patron, and you've gotten time to listen to it. No, you have to listen to it. When you're a patron, you listen to the day it drops. When you're a patron, when I click release, it beams into your brain. Yeah, you're you're beckoning the hounds. It's you, like... you, you have a big horn. It's <laughs> like when you take a really huge deep breath like I can do, and you <laughs> blow the horn, and they, they come running. 
so that's how Patreon works at patreon.com slash raincoat report. That's exactly how it works, but only on that part of the website. Yes. <laughs> $5 a month, you get early access to the episodes, ad-free, and two extra episodes a month. So that plug is out of the way. Good. Anyhow. You did great. Uh, what were we talking about? Her name was Lisa, is the movie that we're covering this week. Mm-hmm. Roger Watkins, 1979. Yes. And uh, we get to see a lot more Samantha Fox in this movie than I feel like we've seen. Yeah, this is her big chance to uh, become a star. And she did? She did kinda. it. Kinda? <laughs> yeah, she does good. Uh, we also have a nice featured role for Vanessa Del Rio. Mm-hmm. Um, Baby Yoakum. Bobby Astor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's back. <laughs> he's back. Uh, this time he is... The uh, last house on the left guy. Yeah, he's either sleepy or dopey. He's Doc. Okay, yeah. And uh, Randy West plays Dopey. Yeah, and they are criminals. Yes. They're just low lives, you know? They're rough, rough, rough trade, as they would say in the gay scene. Well, you know, Roger Watkins' films uh, are usually not the happiest films, I would but this say that. probably is the most depressing one. Yeah, this one is a uh, it's a real bum trip, man. It is a real bum trip, man. But uh, it's handled quite stylishly, as we come to expect from a Watkins. So I think as a uh, as a film that's kind of a bummer. It's given a bit of uh, that artistic pedigree that you can expect from uh, Monsieur Joaquin's. Yes, the uh, the artist himself. The artist himself, Joaquin. 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 <laughs> Roger Joaquin's. <laughs> oh, my accents are out of control. Your accents are out of control. Uh, yeah. I guess that's, yeah, that's I Lisa. guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, um. This is a film about uh, about a woman what died, yes, and uh, and the memories that she left behind. Yes, and uh, not not all of which is likely to be officially licensed from the property owners. Yeah, the Warner Brothers people are going to have something to say about this <laughs> film. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else can I say? Nothing. I got nothing to vamp with at the moment. All right. Well, take a quick little break. You've got nothing to vamp with, yet you just told me that story about uh, the new film from Danzig. Or not uh, fucking. It is Danzig. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, new film. Yeah, it's a vampire western. Yes, and they're all vampires. Yeah, every character is a vampire. He has promised this. <laughs> so, uh. That's hope... plenty to vamp with. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, yeah, no. It certainly is. Uh,. <laughs> It's a Western, and most of those take place in the spaghetti Western sense. Those take place at daytime. Yes, largely. Are these those vampires that can come out in the day? Maybe they're daypires. I saw The Invitation, which is vampires. Yeah. That's a new film that just came out, and it was god-awful. Oh, vampires that sucks. Could, the vampires came out in the day. They were horny, which I thought was cool. But they weren't horny enough. 
Oh. They uh, were, you know, it's like how no films have like sex anymore. Oh, it's like they yeah. wanted it to be horny. Like there's a sex scene, but it's like they fall into bed and then like they're dressed in like the next day. Right. You know, like that kind of stuff. You do see a lady's butt and uh, that same lady has some real cleavage. She was British. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was Dua Lipa. Okay. I don't know who that is. I know she's <laughs> British and it's supposed to be hot. Okay. But it might have been Dua Lipa. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll just say that it is. It had the sexuality of like a a lifetime film and probably the overall quality of like a lifetime film about vampires. And I'm very upset that I paid to see it. <laughs> so you're right. I did have some vamp stuff going on lately. Uh, I got bats in the belfry. <laughs> you do have bats in the belfry. Well, it's because we're so close to five weeks of fright. Oh yes. Yeah. We are so close that we could taste it because yeah. it begins next week. No. It does not begin next week. It, it begins in two weeks. It begins in two weeks. <laughs> it's so scary that yeah. it's already getting scary. It's making him, his brain is so frighted that numbers have completely lost. <laughs> He's been overtaken by a Lovecraftian sort of madness where he doesn't know how to do math anymore. <laughs> the most basic of... Uh, it's great. That's most of my job, yeah, so it's, it's okay. Fine. Yeah, can't even do the most basic of uh, into, integers. In, fuck? In, I'm so bad at math. In, that, intakers. I'm so bad at math, I don't even know the words for it. Uh, that's why we have you. You take all the data and you turn it you into use math. You use math. I see you over there like with a calculator out when you're programming the podcast. So oh, I yeah. assume it's mostly like, it's kind of like... The way you make a podcast is like Bitcoin mining a lot. More or less, yes. You got to use the blockchain. Yeah, you got to use the blockchain and it's encrypted and it just solves equations. That's the word I was thinking of. You're so stupid you can't solve the simplest equations. I'm going to break. (laughs) We'll be back to talk about her name is Lisa. Her name was Lisa. Yeah, yeah. It's past tense. You'll see why. Oh, yeah. Don't think Dua Lipa's in the invitation. You didn't even go to Google. I went to IMDb. Well, who is it? I don't know. There's a list of names. I don't know who I need. Do you know? What was the character name? Do you know? You just Mm. said butt and cleavage. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody is credited for that. I mean, unless Dua Lipa is credited under, like, a real, like, name that isn't Dua Lipa. That's her name. Okay, well then, she's not in it. Okay. Does it feel, do you feel, do you feel big to make me so small? (laughs) (laughs) 
Supposing I can't remember the name of a character in a film I saw a week ago. No, it was it was trash. I don't care. I'm done with it. Well, what I'm not done with is her name was Lisa because we haven't even fucking started. Is that the character's name? Her name was Lisa? Yeah, in The Invitation? Yes. Dua Lipa played Her Name Was Lisa in The Invitation. Dua Lisa. (laughs) For Her Name Was Lisa, we open with a blank screen where a man is asking a woman for details. The woman is 26, an entertainer, and uh, her name was Lisa. We see a naked woman's body, Lisa's, wrapped in plastic, uh, uh, Laura Palmer style. Yeah. Uh, being elevated on a platform, and then we cut to see the body dressed in a coffin. We then see a man, Paul, emerge and approach the coffin and stare at her. And we get to see now the first of what basically makes up the film, which is a bunch of flashbacks to yes. Lisa's life. And the people that uh, surrounded her. Yeah, and ruined it. (laughs) Not to bury the lead. (laughs) No, it's fine. We know things aren't going great. She's dead. (laughs) Well, yeah. It's all wrapped in plastic. (laughs) It doesn't happen when people have lived a good life. (laughs) Usually not, no. (laughs) We cut to a massage parlor, and Paul pays $20 for a massage. Uh, He's told that he must pick a girl and he has 15 minutes, and tipping is permitted. He wants a better look at a woman who's staring off in the other direction, and this is Lisa, who once again is played by Samantha Fox. And uh, this guy is Paul, played by Rick Iverson. Alan Iverson's brother? I think so, yes. Probably half-brother, because he's white. Yeah. Alan Iverson's black. Yeah, I knew that. Okay. What's confusing? Nothing's confusing. Well, then tell us more about Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Paul picks Lisa, and Lisa and Paul walk into the massage room, and Lisa tells him to get undressed and knock on the door when he's ready. He stops her and introduces himself as Paul. And he keeps trying to engage her in conversation, but she's not into it. He asks if it'd be extra for her to take off her leotard. She says nothing happens until he gets undressed. Yeah, Paul's really acting like a cop here. Yeah, he is. He looks at some photos on the wall and asks Lisa if she's been photographed before. He explains that he's a photographer and gives her his card. We cut to some weird electronic music. This is Kraftwerk. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. This is the robots <laughs> off their album, The Man Machine. Uh, excellent electronic uh, dance album. It's quite a song. <laughs> it's amazing. And the scene it goes to is so perfect. I'm really happy he just up and stole this. So, yeah, he. Uh, we see a gun held to a woman's head. Paul is doing some weird experimental erotic photo session. We see Lisa walk into the room and look in as we see a woman covered in presumably fake blood, uh, licking it and such. This is some nice pre-corruption type stuff for uh, 
some of the imagery in that film. There's a couple things in this film that kind of have, uh, I think might have influenced corruption a little bit later yeah. down the line. I think maybe just things that are kind of just obsessions for Watkins in a way. Probably, yeah, yeah. Paul wraps the photo shoot and says that he was happy that Lisa has come. She asks what this gig pays, and Paul says probably less than you're used to at first. He says he likes to get to know his girls, and Lisa says she doesn't like that terminology, his girls. Paul promises not to use that term for her again. We cut to Lisa dancing in her panties as Paul watches. She pulls her panties aside and strokes her clip with her fingertips. This continues for a bit with Lisa grinding her panties against her vagina quite a bit. Mm-hmm. There's a disco song going on as well. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I don't know who this one is. I'm, I assume it's also stolen, but... Probably, I'm yeah. Not as knowledgeable about disco. Yeah. Uh, I know the hits. Donna Summer. Bad Girls. <laughs> talking about the bad girls. Talking about the sad, sad girls. You know that one? Yes, it is a hit. It's a hit in my home. Lisa then gets down in front of Paul and unzips his pants, pulling out his cock and beginning to suck it. Paul stands up and Lisa continues to blow him. After a bit, we see Paul licking Lisa's clit and fingering her vagina. Lisa's getting into it as he keeps it up. We see Paul and Lisa playing with each other's genitals a bit and then we cut to them 69ing with Paul continuing to finger her as well, uh, including a finger in her ass. We cut to Paul fucking Lisa doggy-styled and some missionary, and after a bit, Paul pulls out and comes on Lisa's pubes. We see Lisa and Paul naked next to each other, and Lisa smoking. Paul asks if she enjoyed herself, and Lisa asks if he did, and he says he did. Then asks, so then you didn't? She says she's jaded and notes that she's sure that his girls go wild for him. Lisa tells him that they need to keep their relationship businesslike, and Paul says, Anything you say. We cut to a shot of Lisa's face, and then uh, we hear Paul talking to Mr. Sweet, who wants to meet Lisa. Yeah. So Stefan Sweet is played by... Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Ron Hudd. David Pierce. Okay. <laughs> There's someone in this movie called Ron Hood. Yes, you're you are correct in that, but it, uh, it is not Stephen Sweet. Okay, good. That's Dave Pierce. Everybody, he has got a real mullet. Yes, he does. Um, and his is for this man, this businessman. I do truly believe it's business in the front and party in the back. I could see that. A lot of people you meet with mullets, they say that, but you look at them and I'm like, eh, I think you're just partying, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I don't think most of your business is probably collecting tra- collecting cans. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul tries to dissuade Mr. Sweet from meeting Lisa, but he demands it and hangs up. We watch Lisa swimming naked in a pool. We see Lisa on set getting photographed in a sheer white top. Paul says, that's enough for today, and Lisa notes they just got started, but Paul tells her to put her robe on. Paul explains that they're having a visitor, 
they bicker a bit, and finally Paul explains that the person coming is someone that he doesn't want her to meet. She says then she should just leave, but Paul explains, well, Mr. Sweet's coming to meet you. Paul explains he's a publisher who buys a lot of his photos. Lisa says she guesses she should be nice to him then, but Paul notes he's a hard person to be nice to. Moments later, Stefan Sweets shows up. As Paul notes, he's always on time. Mr. Sweet knows he's been looking forward to meeting Lisa. He tries to make Paul get lost by getting him to buy some food, uh, refusing the nearby deli. Uh, he wants him to go somewhere that's going to keep him away for a while. Yeah, he's got plans. Mr. Sweet sits in front of Lisa and takes off her robe, asking if she minds if he touches her. She says if it pleases him. He reiterates that he publishes magazines and adds that he's involved in several other business ventures and some she may be interested in. Lisa notes that he can be domineering to Paul, but he doesn't have that power over her. Mr. Sweet suggests that she just means that she's more expensive, and Lisa concedes that now he's starting to make some sense. Mm -hmm. He offers her many fine things, but notes there are some things he would expect in return. They quickly begin to make out and undress, and they make out naked for a bit. Uh, then we see Lisa sucking Mr. Sweet's cock. Yeah, she's a woman who knows her worth. Yes, she does. I mean, for a bit. She has the upper hand for a little while, I feel like. Yeah. But you know, the other shoe's always going to fall. And when will it fall? And will it be a rich man's tasseled loafer? <laughs> After some time, we see Mr. Sweet returning the favor with some cunnilingus. After lapping up her pussy for a bit, he penetrates her, standing as Lisa's laying on her back on a table. We see Lisa ride Mr. Sweet Cowgirl. She gives him a nice ride for a bit, and then we get a good shot of her ass from behind as she's uh, pounding away. After a bit, she pulls his cock out and strokes a load out of him. As this ends, we see Paul looking into the room and staring at them judgmentally. Lisa gives him a real stink eye in return. <laughs> Mr. Sweet tells him that he should have knocked. We cut back to Paul looking down at Lisa in her coffin. Mr. Sweet slowly approaches from behind Paul and gazes down at Lisa and exchanges a glance with Paul before Paul walks away. We cut to a flashback of Mr. Sweet showing Lisa to her new home. Mr. Sweet explains he only asks that she's there when he asks her to be, noting that he'll be back at 10 p.m. and reiterating that he's a punctual man and she should be prepared. He knows that she'll find some odds and ends in her bedroom that he would like her to use this evening. Lisa cracks the door open to find a bunch of leatherware, a hood, a whip, etc. Lisa looks and reacts kind of indeterminately. We cut to Mr. Sweet returning later. He enters Lisa's room as she stands there all leathered up. She tells him to take his clothes off, which he at first tries to reply to, but she cuts him off and tells him to do it now. Lisa has Mr. Sweet sit on the bed and finish undressing as she gestures at him with the whip. Mr. Sweet lays back on the bed and she restrains his wrists in leather cuffs. She then uses 
uh, metal cuffs to restrain his ankles and puts the hood over his head. Lisa tells Mr. Sweet that she will not let him come, even if he begs her. She makes him beg for her to touch him and suck his cock, and she eventually does start to slowly suck his cock and tease it. She steps away as Mr. Sweet starts twitching and returns to make him drink some brown, which she pours on his chest and cock before taking a drink of her own. I wonder, is this like brandy, maybe? It seems to have kind of a a thicker quality than the brown that I'm familiar with. Yeah, I was thinking it might be a brandy. I'm 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 not an aristocrat, so I don't often swirl about my brandy and have cordials and such yeah you know? we're more uh we're more moonshine whiskey bourbon Is moonshine brown moonshine's not brown well i don't i think it could be brown it's in the I brown think it's usually it's like a it's in the brown family it's it's usually clear from what i have seen but it's in it's spiritual brown yes it's spiritually brown <laughs> yeah. it's in the family of browns yeah, whiskey, bourbon, beer. We're uh, we're not like George Thorogood. Yeah. Though he sometimes had scotch, which I usually don't have either. Yeah, I don't care too much for scotch. The name makes me think it's going to taste like scotch tape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume that that's how it tastes, yes. Okay. <laughs> In wildly detail-oriented news, the clock on the nightstand says 10.06. Excellent. (laughs) She teases his cock with her mouth a bit more, then steps away for a cigarette, blowing out the match and throwing it on him before straddling his face and making him lick her ass, demanding he sticks his tongue in further and further. We've got some close-up analingus like I've never seen before here. And man, does she have a hairy hole. (laughs) and i'm not shaming her but you know normally i feel like even in the 70s you'd see like you get the 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 pretty wild bush Mm -hmm. on the front but i feel like usually the the back side was a little bit more groomed even then but uh she's letting it all hang out yeah she is and uh salute her salute her hairy holes well, as she's getting her whole serviced, uh, we get shots of her licking her lips in reaction. After a couple minutes of this, Lisa starts to slowly ride Mr. Sweet's cock reverse cowgirl, yeah. pulling off when he tries to actively thrust, then remounting. After a little bit more riding, Lisa pulls his cock out and strokes it to the finish before pushing it back in and riding it some more. We cut to Mr. Sweet redressing as he tells Lisa that she's good. Lisa tells him to leave and not come back until his tongue grows another six inches. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sweet tells Lisa that a couple of his friends will be coming by tomorrow night. He tells her to be nice to them. Nothing like this, just to be nice to them. She tells him to get out and uh, downs the remaining brown. We see Lisa in a steamy room. Which I guess is like a steam room at yeah. some place. Spa or yeah. something. I don't know. Is she taking lewds? You think? I don't know. She's addicted to some sort of pill. She is she has pills and brown. She does have pills and brown. Well, I think she gets pills it's pills later. 
I think she's getting the. Uh, hang on, we'll we'll get there. My, we'll my, get to the pills. My note mentions a pill in this part. Is the only reason. I, I think that it. we're about to get to the pill. I don't know. We'll see. There's pills. The pills are in play. Is all I'll say. <laughs> the pills are in play, guys. Uh, but yes, in the steam room, Lisa is approached by Carmen, uh, played by Vanessa Del Rio. She asks Lisa's name. Carmen notes that she's been watching Lisa's detachment and envy. Lisa tells her not to be fooled by appearances. Carmen notes that Lisa, or, well, Carmen notes that she never gave uh, her her name. Lisa gives Carmen her name, but Carmen notes she already knows this anyway. She notes that Lisa's around here a lot, and she asked around about her. Lisa seems weirded out by this, kind of understandably. Uh, and after a few moments of chit-chat from Carmen, she leaves. We cut to Lisa pouring a drink for Mr. Sweet, noting she thought his friends were coming, and uh, she didn't expect to see him. He notes his friends are coming uh, now, and again asks for her to be especially nice to them. Lisa says he's already told her that, and Mr. Sweet emphasizes he means especially nice. He notes their friendship means a lot to him. He then offers Lisa some pills, yes. noting they're probably stronger than what she's used to, but then makes her take a few. Yeah, so not just one. You yeah. have two or three or four. She asks if they're hallucinogens, and he says no, they're just to make her relax. We hear a doorbell, and Mr. Sweet says he'll stick around for a few moments. And we're introduced to Mr. Sweet's friends. Doc, played by Bobby Astor, yeah. and Dopey, played by Randy West. Yes. At first I thought he was Paul Thomas. He has kind of a similar look, but it's not. No. No. She offers them a drink as they immediately start fondling her and start to pull off her sheer nightgown. They're getting rough, and Lisa struggles a bit. She asks Mr. Sweet for help, and he just sits there and watches. Yeah. More than anyone else, he resembles... Very sleazy Tom Baker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I could see that. Yeah. We cut to Doc and Dopey struggling with her and talking about her body. Lisa calls out for help again, and Mr. Sweet says it's not his show. He's powerless. Lisa gets slapped a few times by Doc, who then starts to lick her vagina before Dopey does the same, with uh, the other guy in each case controlling her as she struggles. Yeah, and they keep talking about, look at her groceries, and we're going to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Sweet is watching and jacking off. Yeah. Doc forces his cock into Lisa's mouth. This continues for a bit, with Lisa finally actively sucking Doc's cock as Dopey continues to lick her pussy. Doc comes on Lisa's face and stuffs it back in her mouth as Lisa continues to writhe around. The goons then force Lisa to bend over the back of the couch, and Dopey starts to fuck Lisa doggy style. After a bit, he pulls out and comes on her ass, then pushes back in. Dopey gets down and spreads Lisa's ass, leading Mr. Sweet to come forward and start to fuck Lisa's ass for a minute. In the midst of all this, there's like, I guess to show like a time lapse, there's like a a comic book frame like style like transition with like a kind of like a starburst shape oh i didn't catch that yeah it was very odd <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he uh fucks her ass for a minute and pulls out and comes on her ass 
Lisa yells that they'll pay for this. She tells them to go, but the guys tell her they've just begun as they cackle. We fade out. Then we fade in on Lisa in the steam room, approached by Carmen again. She asks what's wrong. We see a giant bruise on Lisa's leg. Lisa notes it's just the hazards of her business. Carmen touches the bruise on Lisa's leg, making Lisa say, Ow! (laughs) Carmen says she wants to make Lisa feel better, and she leans in and kisses Lisa, noting she hates to see beauty abused. Carmen kisses her way down Lisa's chest and body and starts to go down on her. Lisa notes how good it feels. This continues for a bit with Carmen tweaking Lisa's nipples. Carmen fingerfucks Lisa, uh, worth noting that these are not short fingernails. I am bothered by this. Mm-hmm. I see this a lot, though. Yes. <laughs> uh, these fingernails go deep. <laughs> yes, they do. This is an incredibly close-up fingering as well. Yes, it is. Lisa lays back on the bench she's on as Carmen continues to go down on her, and after a few minutes, Lisa announces she's coming as Carmen continues. Afterwards, Lisa and Carmen are holding each other on the bench. Lisa says she wants Carmen to go home with her because she makes her feel so nice, and the two make out more. Lisa knows she wants to make Carmen feel nice, too. We cut to a shot with a couple of glasses of probably champagne, Lisa drops a tablet into a glass and tells Mr. Sweet that it'll make him feel better as she hands the drink to him. Mr. Sweet asks Lisa why she's dressed so unprovocatively, noting he's used to her dressed in more stimulating clothes. Lisa notes there are those who prefer her to wear nothing at all, dropping her robe at the time she says that, uh, leaving her in white panties. Mm Mm-hmm. Mr. Sweet says he prefers something more stimulating to the senses and imagination. Yes. Uh, in this, there's a bookcase behind her where you get some time to kind of look everything over. Now, what you see, and this is just, you know, somehow this film's like just tossed a bunch of like my favorite things in it mm-hmm. so far. And what we have here on this bookshelf as it pans down, I noticed a very familiar uh, image of a, of a man. Okay. A man named Yukio Mishima. Okay. Uh, you might know him uh, from Paul Schrader's film Mishima. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a famous Japanese author and nationalist who famously died after attempting a coup. Okay. He committed seppuku and had his head cut off. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so he's dead, but there's a, like a bunch of pictures that he took of himself, like dressed up as like a samurai and stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, and you can see one in the background. If you look real close, like I'm going to show it to you and I'll, I'll, I posted this on Twitter. So, you know, follow us on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Kind of hard to see there. Oh, okay. But, yeah. I do see it. Yeah. But... Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Surprise cameo. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa says despite what she's wearing, she hopes he won't be disappointed, and she slides down her panties and starts playing with herself. Uh, the bruise is still there on her leg. As she's playing with herself, she talks dirty, saying he wishes he was touching her now, but fat chance. 
She throws her panties aside, and we see some close-ups of her playing with her clit. Lisa asks if Mr. Sweet is getting hard, just as Carmen appears in the doorway, dressed in black lingerie and holding a whip, as uh, jungle drum music starts playing. Yes. Lisa introduces Carmen to Mr. Sweet, and Lisa licks the leather anklet Carmen is wearing and kisses her way up Carmen's thigh highs. Lisa pulls Carmen's panties aside, licking her finger and lightly rubbing Carmen's hood. Lisa stares at Mr. Sweet and says, I hate you, and goes back to kissing Carmen's body. Lisa unties the strings on Carmen's panties and pulls them off. The ladies lie on the floor and Carmen starts to rub a vibrator on the outside of Lisa's vagina. Mr. Sweet is a bit out of it, thinking he's had too much to drink. Uh, that little tablet there. Yeah. He stands up and undresses as the girls caress each other. Mr. Sweet climbs onto the floor and takes Carmen's top off. We see Mr. Sweet laying on the floor. Carmen has the whip wrapped loosely around his neck as Lisa sucking his cock. Carmen is miming kissing towards Mr. Sweet, and then we see her straddle his face. Meanwhile, in the other side of the room, Lisa's strapping a strap-on on. Carmen's riding Mr. Sweet Cowgirl. Strapping a, strapping a strap-on on. You got how much strap could a strap strap on if a strap on could strap on? I think I think we I think we've learned that in the uh, in our Wheel of Kink episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> which we haven't recorded yet. Yes, well, uh, that's an interesting uh, teaser for tease. me, who has no idea what you're bringing to the table. So good. I brought this notebook full of graph paper. <laughs> you did bring that to my table. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Carmen's riding Mr. Sweet Cowgirl. Then they move to doggy style, still on the floor. Carmen leans back, wrapping the whip around Mr. Sweet's neck more. We see Mr. Sweet pull out and come as Lisa's on the other side of the room, lubing up the dildo on her strap-on. Carmen wipes Mr. Sweet's cum on his face, and then... Carmen forces him down, and Lisa starts to fuck his ass with the strap on. Yeah, it's revenge Victorian style. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Sweet cries out, no, as the ladies hold him down and taunt him, Lisa asking how he likes it. We fade out to see Mr. Sweet's face as he's looking at the coffin. As Mr. Sweet steps away, he sees Carmen sitting in a chair looking in another direction. Then we see Carmen approach the coffin and we fade into another flashback. Lisa wakes up in bed and asks where Carmen was as she's walking in. Carmen says out and when pressed that it's none of her business and she can take care of herself. We see Lisa take some pills and ask what time it is. Carmen says only six, too early for that stuff, pointing to the pills. Lisa says it barely affects her anymore anyway and Carmen says... It's time for her to graduate ah. to the good stuff. She pulls out a needle as a soulful rock song plays. I don't know what this is. No. Um, why does Carmen want to get her hooked to the good stuff, as she calls it? Uh, I think she's pimping her out. Oh, okay. That makes... I mean, it doesn't make sense. It hasn't been... I mean, I guess she is now. I guess that's their relationship as it's become. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know what has led to this. But yeah, there hasn't been a an inciting event. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like with the uh, 
there's a lot more setup with uh, Mr. Sweet. Sure. Yeah. You know, than there is with uh, Carmen. Mostly, she's just a voice in the mist in the uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. in the sauna. Uh, but yeah, she's, well, she gets her hooked. On... Lisa's hesitant about this, but that doesn't stop Carmen from jabbing her. I don't know if it's supposed to be like heroin or morphine. Something probably an opiate of some sort. Yeah, some kind something of something highly addictive. Hell yeah. Lisa's nervous and not sure she's going to like it, but Carmen assures her that she will, and she'd never hurt her. They kiss, and it's clear that Lisa's eyes are kind of glazing over. Carmen moves down to Lisa's pussy, noting, That's good, isn't it? before going down on her. We cut to Lisa and Carmen in short dresses or nightgowns dancing, with Carmen rubbing Lisa's ass. Then we see Lisa in a tub, and we get this awesome fisheye shot from her POV. Yeah. Of Carmen approaching her and rubbing her head and smiling. Carmen slowly produces the needle again and jabs her again. Lisa blacks out, and we fade in again with a shot of Lisa's vagina from behind as she's laying in bed, as Led Zeppelin's Dazed and Confused kicks in. Hell yeah, and just like the Kraftwerk song, it works perfectly in this scene. Yes. Um, was Dazed and Confused in Biju? Uh, yes, yes, okay. as he was getting showered and stuff. All right. Yeah, eating the lipstick. As the radio was on for like 10 minutes. Yeah, just playing <laughs> yeah, news, he, news reports he, from Vietnam and Led Zeppelin. Yes, as he's going through a, a, a purse from a woman who got hit by a car yeah. and eats her lipstick <laughs> and takes a shower. What a fine film. <laughs> Lisa looks up and a naked man and woman show up. The guy introduces the woman. It's his wife, Maureen. This is all in a blurry POV shot, and he's speaking unnaturally slowly. Yeah, it Uh, it was very uncomfortable. These are swingers from hell. Yeah, it's sort of David Lynchian. It is a little bit. Maureen says hello, and the couple back up, and Maureen strokes her husband and gets him hard, gesturing towards Lisa. We fade to Lisa and Maureen sucking the man's cock. We then see the guy fucking Maureen doggy as Lisa lays under her and the women make out. This continues for a minute, and when the song speeds up, the fucking intensifies, and the guy blows a thick load on Maureen's ass. We fade to Lisa staring into the mirror at her face and breaking down into tears. We then fade in to see the man from the last sex scene looking down at the coffin. Why did they come to the funeral? Yeah, I don't know. He goes to touch Lisa's face, but Carmen grabs his hand and pulls it away. We see Lisa and Carmen sitting across from each other in another flashback. Lisa's clearly strung out here. Carmen says she looks like hell, and Lisa says she feels like hell. Carmen asks what she wants, and Lisa says Carmen already knows, but Carmen demands she tell her. Lisa asks for a fix, and Carmen says she's wishing she could... And Carmen says she wishes she could help her. Lisa pleads, and Carmen tells her to kiss her. Lisa crawls towards Carmen and kisses Carmen's lips. Carmen stays motionless and doesn't react to the kiss, and then smiles when she pulls away. As Carmen pulls out a syringe, Carmen says she can help Lisa, or better yet, Lisa can help herself. She asks if Lisa would like that, and she says yes. Carmen hands her the needle, and then we fade into a shot of the coffin. The end. (laughs) Yeah. 
And uh, her name, for those who were not paying attention, was Lisa. Is this an anti-drug PSA? Yes, this was the best after-school special. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly has that feel to it in a, in a, in a sense. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our thoughts on Her Name Was Lisa. This happened some 70-odd years ago, 80-odd <laughs> years ago, and I still think it's insensitive for you to uh, make fun of Operation Case White when uh, Hitler just invaded Poland. That, that wasn't exactly what was happening here, but... <laughs> you were spitting on the graves of Polish resistance fighters. I just because said... They put that in your backyard since last week, and you've just been spitting on the graves all week long. <laughs> I don't know why they were against the Nazis. Are you some kind of Nazi? I am not. Some kind of collaborator, some kind of sympathizer. Listen, I supported Herschel Savage in Blue Ice. Well, yeah. I was on the Nazi side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're back on the Raincoat Report to give our uh, patented raincoat reviews for her name was Lisa. So Jeremy, take it away, Bucko. Uh, thanks, Bud. Uh, I would say this work is a comparatively, uh, maybe a little bit of a lesser work from Roger Watkins, certainly mm-hmm. than Corruption. Uh, it might be on about on par with the uh, House on Dead End Street, mm-hmm. but. Uh, all that is to say, it's still a well-made film. Yeah. Uh, one that's definitely uh, a bit rough. Yeah. Not rough around the edges, necessarily. Rough in content. Yes, for sure. Uh, which, uh, sometimes that kind of thing can be uh, a bit tough to watch. But uh, here, I think it uh, mostly plays out in a way that... Uh, is still visually appealing enough that it, you never feel like totally dragged down into uh, the total sleaze of it. Yeah. But uh, narratively, it, it's a pretty interesting film as it's all told in flashbacks. They do seem to be kind of like in a sequential order, so it does create a uh, a pretty typical narrative. Mm-hmm. And that narrative in this case is the, uh, the downfall of a... I don't know if it's really so much of a downfall. Is it just like a continued series of bad choices in a life of a woman who's already working like in like a massage parlor? Yeah. So it's not like uh, not in the sense she's like a businesswoman or like an era, you know, like that typical kind of arc. Yeah. Uh, she just went from like one spot that was kind of rough to like consider to the heights, right? Uh, where she had her own apartment for a little bit, except it was just like. 
kind of like a Jeffrey Epstein thing where she was just there so like the rich guy could like bring his friends over to fuck her. Right. Uh, you think she's going to escape through uh, Vanessa Del Rio's character Carmen, but uh, even she's a manipulator. So it's got sort of a kind of a Sodian quality to it in a way too, where even like people you think might be virtuous end up being terrible. Right. Yeah. Um, and and that's kind of like the pattern through the whole movie mm-hmm. because she starts with the photographer and it's uh, just, she's being used by everybody who comes into her life. Yeah. And there's a bit where it kind of seems like she gets the upper hand for a little bit. Right. But that quickly turns on her. Um, so I think as someone who's capable of like creating like a real sort of dramatic, uh, effect i think roger watkins is pretty effective at that mm-hmm. like interjecting like uh a very serious uh quality to it all like it doesn't feel not like necessarily like lighthearted, but you know like it doesn't feel like cheaply done or overly exploitative right um i mean it it is but it isn't and i think a lot of that is his direction and some of the choices he makes Right. Well, the 70s was a time of just grimness in film. Yeah. They kind of ripped the band-aid on, like, content in films. Yeah. They and so seem... there was kind of just, like, a race to find the most bleak, terrifying, terrible shit. Yeah, and this kind of has a, I think, resetting my mind a little bit, of vi- not Violation of Claudia, the other one. Um... The seduction of Lynn Carter? Yeah, this has more of a seduction of Lynn Carter quality to it. Sure. But uh, it doesn't feel as grim and grimy as that necessarily. Uh, I think Watkins is probably just a generally uh, stronger filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of shows through. And plus just having the balls to just steal the music you want for your scenes <laughs> right. always just kind of adds to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think Vinegar Syndrome has to pay for that stuff when they... I feel like they have to. I feel... Mm, I'm, I don't I know. Don't know. <laughs> Mixed. I don't know how it is. I don't want to speculate. I think yeah. that, uh, you know, maybe it's just... Are we doing a disservice by bringing up that there are cool songs in some of these films? I think that maybe we should just move past it and not dwell on it, even though we've already dwelled on it. <laughs> I like to dwell you are a dweller. You're yeah. a sewer dweller. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. Any place you give me a spot, I'll dwell. <laughs> um, even in a review, I'll dwell upon it for far too long. Uh, there's some definitely like cool creative editing work here, uh, and I think some solid performances overall. I do think that Corruption is like a more mature version of this kind of film like artistically yes it's i think it's more thought provoking yeah this is kind of like a nice blueprint for a film like that where there's like some bizarre uh like camera tricks and a little bit of like an art house sensibility to it in some ways with uh the strange like voice distorted scene at the end that you said it was kind of lynchian yeah stuff like that where there's an interesting like i feel like watkins is exploring like a sort of like darkness in the soul in the same way lynch is but kind of approaching it from the pornographic angle 
I guess. Obviously, yeah. he's not as far out, but I think there's something that he's probing at there. And uh, I don't know. This film, like Corruption, makes me kind of think a lot. Okay. Uh, I would probably give it a a nice. I'll give it a three and a half. Okay. I feel like that's a nice, solid one. I feel like this review's been a little rambling. Well, that's that's what we specialize in Tip on the Rain Cup yeah. Report. Someone's going to have to cobble this all together. Yeah, that's it's... usually me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, this movie is interesting. You know, we should get little elves to do it instead, to do all our <laughs> cobbling. Uh, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> damn it. Uh, you know, as I was saying, you know, this is the the grimy era of the 70s. This is the 70s that gave us things like Driller Killer and uh, Miss 45 and really all of Abel Ferrara's films. <laughs> um, but um, deer, deer hunters and such. Yes, the uh, the grim time in the country's consciousness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once we move into the 80s, the, the movie studios kicked in and took all of the genre stuff and made it their own and gave it a, a glossier sheen yeah. uh, and mostly eliminated all of the uh, constant rape. <laughs> yeah, eliminated a lot of the darkness. Uh, somehow Temple of Doom got through. through <laughs> a real fucking weird movie. <laughs> yes. But uh, when it comes to Her Name Was Lisa... Um, it's tough because it's really depressing to me, and yeah, I think that it's very though well made. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like a lifetime movie meets like it's an the invitation. Af- it's the invitation. <laughs> no, yeah, lifetime. Yeah, like kind of like a battered woman syndrome, but also like an anti-drug film, right? Mixed yeah. with all of the non-consensual sex and Mm -hmm. uh violence that would be in the roughest 70s porn films yeah but i I think you bringing it up as a saudi entail was uh, a good call because i hadn't really put that together but it's kind of obvious because it's kind of that that necessarily like virtue punished or whatever but it's just like everything's just going to keep getting worse yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) and that kind of happens for lisa she's just tossed between people and she thinks that she's in control the whole time and she may be at quick moments but for the most part like she's just being screwed over by these people repeatedly and you pretty much yes uh yeah I think that's a good way to think of it. There's like a very like false sense of control that she has here. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's something about his movies that make me think just a little bit more than the average pornographic film. And uh, sure. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Walkings. Wa- <laughs> <laughs> we uh, have a good cast. Everybody pulls their stuff off. Uh, the music is great because it's all stolen. Yeah. Who uh-huh. did you say was... Uh, Stefan Sweet, you said David Pierce or something yes. like that. Uh, he is a very good sleaze bag. I think he's kind of on the same, as far as sleaze bags go. I think he's in that same scale as maybe uh, Jamie Gillis a little bit. Yeah, I could There's see a, that. Kind of a very like, he's a little more like upper class. Mm-hmm. Jamie Gillis will play a businessman sometimes, but I think like 
his most sadistic characters come out like as just like kind of like blue collar worker types. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess if... sometimes, but uh, <laughs> but I think he's kind of more of like a high class sort of uh, a sadist overall. Well, I David, think you could kind of see him in that role. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just checked, and David uh, Pierce was in one other movie that we've covered, and mm-hmm. that was Debbie Does Dallas. He was Mr. Bradley. Oh, I don't remember. The, I think that might have been like the dad who came home or something. Well, it like, might be. People were like fucking around. I don't know. That movie's a blur remember. to me. <laughs> just a bunch of shit happened. Yeah, a bunch of fucking shit happened. A girl got a candle shoved into her wick first, and that's all that I remember. <laughs> Well, uh, so yeah, for this movie, uh, there's it's it's definitely well made. Uh, I didn't really care for the uh, group rape scene no, in particular. Me, yeah, it's a little rough to watch because it goes on for quite a while too. Yeah, um, but I will say that you know it, it was well shot, well put together. It does make you think. Um, I'm gonna give it three and a half stars. I feel like that's fair. That's I a, think it's a fitting judgment. Something like corruption has a little more uh, to tingle my thinking brain. Yeah. Um, with its kind of more surrealist feel to it. But this has moments of that, but it's more just aesthetic to yeah, present. They're not, yeah, it's not like a constant theme throughout the whole right. film. There uh, is a similar scene, though, where like one scene, I think, fades as Bobby Astor is cackling. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's how corruption ends, right? As he's uh, just I think like so. laughing and laughing. This movie didn't have a Joker either, which also would stops it from getting above a above a four. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a Joker. No no George Payne in here. But uh yeah, three and a half stars. It was a good movie. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report, raincoatreport at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of us. I already uh, pitched the Patreon at the beginning. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, though, and help us out. And if you're uh, going to a funeral... Uh, shit, I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> well, you killed it. You killed the momentum. Should, should uh, we just end on Welp this week? Well, I guess that's, um, you know, I think raincoats keep falling on my head. <laughs> that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Raincoats keep falling on my head. Hey, but you